Hi, and welcome to this episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jane. Today, I'm excited to welcome Julie Walton to the show. Julie is an exercise physiologist and a functional nutritionist. She had an unexpected diagnosis and had to go gluten-free back in the day when gluten-free was not so easy to do. And quite frankly, it's not so easy to do for people now, especially if you have families with small kiddos. So over the last 10 years, she has worked on developing recipes and little tools and tips to help you go gluten-free with ease. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about what her program what her program entails, how she has been able to include her gluten-free lifestyle without feeling restricted and to basically pass it on to her family as well. Please join me in welcoming Julie to the show. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. And Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show. When we first connected, it's been a while, and you said you have something to work on before you're ready to jump on the podcast. So I'm really excited to share with the public, with my audience, what it is that you have been working on. So please just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and then what have you been working on for the last, I don't know, probably six months now, but probably more, just six months immediate. Yeah. So um, my name is Julie Walton and I run Julie Walton Health. Uh, So I'm a physiologist by trade. So exercise physiologist. And then I had my own health issues. We'll probably get into that later. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I became a certified exercise physiologist. I worked with, um, I was strength and conditioning coach. Um, but then realized the importance of um, gut health when I was told I couldn't eat gluten and I had some digestive issues. Anyways, long story short, I've been combining my physiology practice with, um, I became obviously a nutrition practitioner because I just saw the benefit of when I changed my diet, I had to go gluten-free, not by choice. And um, it really impacted the way I live and feel. So anyways, I, you know, um, after, you know, working in sport for a really long time, um, I was in healthcare and then now I have my own practice and I get to combine the two. So physiology and nutrition, which is amazing. It's a one of the big things. Yeah. Right. Um, and one of the combination. Yeah. And, and one of the things, um, that I, I think it's just because, I had to go gluten-free and I have been for like over a decade. I had a lot of referrals for me supporting people in doing that because I think it's so important to make it sustainable, taste good, um, and not rely on a lot of the um, packaged products that, you know, that, that are in the store. I mean, some are great, um, but some of them can actually not be as beneficial as some of the wheat products. I mean, obviously, people, sure. if people can tolerate it. So anyways, I decided to um, basically take, you know, everything I've learned about, but then also in my own life, what I've found to make eating that way quite enjoyable and realistic. And so I made a course. So it's a 30 day course. And I basically take people right through like how to stock a pantry. What are my favorite products? Like right down to like gluten-free sourdough. Um, Yeah. And make it fun um, because I, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes the health industry can be a little bit dry or overwhelming, all those things. So I just wanted to make it fun. Um, so yeah, so I basically just working on this gluten-free course. Amazing. We're going to get into the details as a course a little bit, but you're not like, I want to kind of let the audience know a little bit about you because 
you're not like a single person. You have kiddos, you have a bit, you're running a business. You have a lot of things that would make it really hard for people to say, I can't go gluten-free. So before, before we get into that, can you Mm -hmm. tell us the story? Cause I, as a practitioner, and this is why I'm so excited to have you on and to partner with you because I have to tell people all the time to go gluten-free for different reasons. And we're going to talk about the permanence of that, but tell a little bit about your story of like, why did you have to go gluten-free and what was that like? You know, okay. Yeah. For you, like, <laughs> so I know that's a really big thing for people. Yeah. So first of all, I was investigating <clears throat> major digestive issues that, like, I was traveling with sports teams um, for the Canadian Sport Institute. And I was traveling a lot. And as you know, when you're traveling, it's not easy to kind of just like have your chicken breast and yams and whatnot. <clears throat> you kind of eat what you can. And so that's when I really started to notice it when I had to be away for long periods of time. And my goodness, like I'm a pretty energetic person and I had no energy. I was miserable. Like I had acne like crazy. Um, and my guts, I was like, I literally looked like I now have had two kids. So I legitimately looked three to four, five months pregnant sometimes. And, um, and at first, like, so I, you know, went to see, um, initially went to see a doctor. They just told me not to eat broccoli, um, <laughs> like raw vegetables. Um, yes, yep. and unfortunately didn't have a great conversation. I have a great doctor now, so that's a different story. However, then I started to seek out naturopathic care and, um, started learning a little bit more about how to support my digestive system. One of the things they told me was to eliminate gluten. And then like 10 years later, finally got diagnosed that I could not eat gluten. Um, so and initially you got diagnosed for, celiac. Yeah. Well, I have technically, I guess <clears throat> like I have one of the genes. So, and because of my digestive history, my G or my GI doctor and my GP are like, can you please just stay away from it? Because it affects me so, so much. Um, yeah, cause I want to touch base on that. Cause there's people who will be yeah. able to tolerate gluten, right. And there's yeah. people who cannot. And so it's really important to see. Yeah. Like I is. don't have to now be as worried about cross-contamination. Like that is not something that I have to be as worried about before when we were kind of seeing things out, I was very diligent or is that something yes. I don't have to worry about as much now? Yeah, that's important. Um, that's part of the healing journey, right? Like you got to give your gut a break and heal yeah. and get back to resiliency in the gut. So then when you yeah. have some cross-contamination, it's not just like the world is over. Yeah. I know that that's also a thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had to like find a practitioners, like, you know, that I really, um, I don't know, could have a good conversation with, because as a physiologist, I was like, I, I want to understand what's going on with my body. And so finally I found some people that I really aligned with and then actually started working with someone who has a PhD in nutrition and he understands like the both worlds too. And so, um, you know, I kind of had a little team, so yes, that's it. Yeah. was really important. And even he, like, cause he's a big advocate that not everybody has to go gluten-free, which I am completely on board with. Um, and uh, so yeah, so for me, it, it really helped like my energy. Um, it was really hard at the beginning though, because I had, I was, it was right before I had kids and I was getting married and I remember coming home. Oh my gosh. I remember coming home and I was like told what I could, like, I wasn't told what I could eat. I was just told what I couldn't eat. Yes. So like the list seemed very small. So I think it's really important to tell people what they can eat because I literally went to the grocery store 
I'd never been to community natural foods. I'd never been to that one island, no frills. That's brilliant. Uh, like I had never seen any of that. So I literally went into- You didn't Safer. even know those aisles existed. I didn't even know they existed. And so I like yes. walked down the, I was like in the store, like almost crying. I like went and got like oranges, obviously. Cause I was like, okay, I think fruit, right? Um, and then I got like buckwheat groats and some asparagus. And then I got a gluten-free dairy-free pizza. Oh my gosh. So anyways, which was the worst. Yeah. The <laughs> gluten-free dairy free pizza. Um, also I didn't know what kind of almond milk to buy either. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to like, at that point I was trying, I was taking out dairy as well, but anyways, that's beside the point. But anyway, so I made these buckwheat groats. They were terrible. I now know how to work with buckwheat. So it's a different story, but it was terrible. And then I had like an orange on an empty stomach, which was also terrible. And I was so hungry and I yeah. just, all I wanted was like, all I needed was someone to like, be like, these are all the things you can eat. Here's some amazing recipes. Let's just start here. Like, these are some of the things I tried, but there was like nothing. There's like, you know, oh, if you're celiac, you can go to this course and, you know, but then they like talk about, you know, bland things that I was like, okay, that's great. Um, but I, I'm a foodie. Like I love food. Like I love being in the kitchen. I love creating. Um, and I was like, I don't even know how to make my staples. And like, yeah. I wish someone had told me like a lot of food, as long as it's not like in a package can ultimately like most real food groups other than, you know, grains can essentially be gluten-free, but I had no idea. So it was like, you know, and then once I, I kind of, you know, I took, I read a lot of books and like recipe books and things like that yeah, resources. I went yeah. to Google. Um, and then, yeah, like had a little bit of support, but when I went, like all the practitioners I went to were amazing, but I didn't have any support in the kitchen. I didn't have any support when I left. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Oh, and I know so, exactly what you mean. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. so excited to partner up. With and, you. and so like, it's not their job. Like it's, that's not part of their job description. It's just right? hard to do it. It's just hard to do it. On your yeah. I got to do this. I can't, I can't come into your kitchen and show you how to cook. No. <laughs> and so anyways, that was the tricky part for me. And so, um, I wanted to eat real food again. So then I took a bunch of cooking courses and I went to like, I did a culinary, uh, school that, that was based in like everything in the course is gluten-free. Um, so I learned how to bake, I learned how to cook like over again with different things. Um, and then, yeah. So then that, that was, that was the hardest part, but now like, I I wouldn't change the way I eat. Like I love the way I eat. So of course, yeah, yeah. It took but a it took like a decade. So no, uh, yes. But yeah. like now that's the whole thing that I teach as well is like hmm. somebody has already been through the journey and yeah. once they've been through the journey, you can just ask those people for help. Right. And like, totally. it's our job as practitioners to put our word out there and tell people what the service that it is we provide. So then if you yep. need it, you're like, Hey, this yep. sounds like something I, yep. gonna, you know, I can use and benefit from because it is the road awesome. alone is really like, it's torturous, right? It's, yep. There's so much trial and error. There's so much hunger and frustration. And I wanted to bring to the point, like food, there's like the emotional eating. And constantly I find people will say that, right. Oh, I'm an emotional eater. The truth is we all eat emotionally. Like we associate 100%. food with getting together. Yes. Having a meal right. with your family. Like mm -hmm. 
sitting down like with your kids and having a snack and not being able to do mm-hmm. that. Like it strips a lot. So it does. And it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, and then mm-hmm. you can't go out to see right to friends yeah. or for dinner and you're bringing your own bread. Like, Oh my gosh. You know, you're bringing let's put you oh. in the, in the psycho category over here. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then people this person. Yeah. 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 Oh, the high maintenance person's coming for dinner. So, and I actually talk about that in the course too, about how to eat out and how to eat out with family, like tips to go through and the psychological impact too, of removing a food group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell me that that's kind of what I wanted to bring, because I think sometimes when we say, okay, you can't eat gluten-free. It's like that thing needs to start now. Versus is there a way to, or like, is it beneficial to cut it off right away? Or is it beneficial to take a week, to take two weeks, to find some recipes, to like watch your exposure, but essentially not put this bracket on like, I have to go gluten-free immediately. And so I have to throw everything out that I have. A hundred percent. Like, and I would say that that would differ for if someone's celiac versus if someone has to do it for another reason, like if their doctor told them to do it for an autoimmune purpose or things like that, or if they have IBS. Um, So I would say other than celiac, like no matter what, like they've been eating gluten up until that point for their entire life. And I mean, they're going to be learning stuff that they're going to probably get exposed anyways. So I think that the psychological impact of like, I, um, fortunately work with a colleague of mine who works specifically in this area. So she gave me some great notes for the course and I have her referral also in the course. Um, Her name is Dr. Michelle. And so honestly, like it's for, for me, it would have, it would have been great if it was just like a slower transition and being like, okay, these are some easy swaps that you can do right away. And like, Okay, your oats, yeah, they're probably cross contaminated. And that's probably like 80% of the stuff, right? The easy swaps, because those 100%. are percent eat on a regular basis. Yeah, like yeah. oats are probably one of the easiest things ever to swap out. You just get the gluten-free ones for the knot, right? And you bake them and you use them in exactly the same way, right? And yeah. okay, so they bought the ones from Costco that, you know, they say that the only ingredients oats, but they're most likely cross-contaminated, yada, yada. If someone, you know, has IBS or whatever, like, I'm pretty sure they can use that up. You know what I mean? Like if the psychological impact of completely and the cost, like that's the other thing of this is like when you go and buy all of the gluten-free products, it is so costly. And so it's like, if you can learn what things that you already have in your house that you can just like keep and stay and those are staples. And then what things when you're kind of either out of it, if something's like blatant, like, you know, Wonder Bread or something like that, then- Maybe we can get rid of that one and find one at Costco or something that's a good price. Um, but uh, I think it's better to do a transition because like anything, it's like training, it's like exercise. Like, is it better for someone to like walk for 15 minutes or 20 minutes daily if they can do that consistently? Yeah. Then if they, you know, are five days of high intensity exercise in a row. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't trained for two years, Ever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. um, so I think it's the same principle, like starting or transitioning anything is that like slow, sustainable steps are going to be a lot more important. Like, Hey, let's just try two recipes this week. I have these like lemon blueberry mussels or mu- mussels muffins that are mind blowing. And they're so easy. They have like seven ingredients or something, including baking soda and baking powder um and like that would be a great place because they probably have bananas they probably have this that and the other thing they could get just the almond flour at costco and everything else they probably already have so it's like you know that's a great place to start or like a chicken marinade that they 
probably have like basil. They probably have olive oil, you know, like, oh, wow, I already have all these things at home. Huh. Okay. I'm just going to like check the back of this spice. Other than that, I'm probably good. Right. So I, I really think that that's important in that small sustainable steps are more important than throwing out everything in their pantry because they might be throwing out something that they can have. They just don't know that yet. For sure. And let's talk about like the two spectrums because there's two spectrums that come to mind where you have to get off gluten because yes. of celiac, celiac is like autoimmune disease. Yeah. It's driving your IBS. And then there is um, limiting gluten for health reasons. 100%. Can you speak to like, why would somebody limit gluten for health reasons? And um, I don't know if you know, like the physiology behind, like how is it driving the autoimmune disease and how, or how is it driving some of your things that you're yeah. the brain fog, the thyroid, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So like for someone who's celiac, it's like a, just a hundred percent. No, like it's mm-hmm. like it's damaging their intestines. Like it's, it, it can lead to so many other health issues that it's like, they need to get off of it as soon as possible. And they feel um, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, so it's like, let's remove like as fast as they can possibly do it, you know, <clears throat> within reason. Sustainable, yeah. Yeah, that's like, you know, not going to, you know, bankrupt them, but also like that, that, that it's going to help them be pr- more productive at work. It's going to be able to like, do you know what I mean? So it's like one of those things that just has to happen. It's like, if someone's diabetic, they just can't, they, they have to, they have, they have to do what they have to do. Yeah. Right. So yep. it is a disease. And so people have to stop wh- whether it takes them a couple days or a week or whatever. Um, so like, obviously those ones would be like, you know, let's make sure that you're on track and going a lot faster. Whereas like someone else who needs to like limit it, maybe if they have a men- mental health or if they have something else that their doctor's like, let's try, you know, let's try limiting your gluten and see how you feel. Right. That may not be as much of someone who needs to like push it, like, you know, immediately. And that actually might add more stress. So it's so individual. Whereas like someone with celiac or someone with autoimmune, if their doctor indicates it, um, you know, then, then that's something that like needs to happen sooner than later. Yeah. And what I was, um, the question, I guess that I was asking is like, what are the benefits of cutting out gluten, even if you don't have, but if you don't, have symptoms or you don't think you have symptoms oh why would you yeah. limit gluten now do you know what i'm saying yeah why yeah absolutely so, well like this is a new topic we didn't used to talk about gluten in the same way in yeah. the naturopathic world we've talked about it for a long time yeah but now the mainstream media has really picked it up so i'd love for you to speak on that yeah yeah so like so for instance say someone doesn't relate their fatigue to eating gluten right like so yeah a lot of people relate it to bloating and stomach and pain and whatever there's some people that you know, are, they don't have any symptoms or like one of my friends was just diagnosed with celiac and like literally up until this year had no symptoms, like had no idea. And like, she's damaging her intestine, like literally, you know, the villi in her intestines, she's damaging it for nutrient absorption. You know, she had, um, she had, um, stress fractures. She had major brain fog. She had major fatigue. Um, and it started impacting, you know, possibly, uh, you know, um, other areas of her life. Right. And so there's still impact every single area of your life, right? (laughs) Whether you want to admit it or not, but it's like, you're not the best version of yourself. You're tired, your vitality is down. So you're just, it's not, 
you might say that it's not bad and I can get by with coffee, but fatigue, I always talk about the importance oh. of your energy and vitality. It's like, oh. that's your Zazazoo for life. Yeah, it's wild. And, and, and it's like, until you've like, like removed it and kind of been glutened a couple of times, then you're like, oh my gosh, like, yes, yeah, that's like you get knocked down and you'd like, but before it was just like, you're normal. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, you don't even realize it. Like you don't, unless there's a bigger issue, like, a, you know, if someone has major gut issues or they literally have chronic fatigue or something else like that, then, sure. you know, then they're obviously coming to be like, what do I do about this? Um, so I think there's a lot of silent things that, well, yeah, as you know, and, and, and I, I, I guess it's just like, um, maybe I take that stuff for granted now because I've been off of it for so long. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep, and sleep, like, I just remember That's like, just your norm. <laughs> yeah. Like the energy, like, like to play with my kids and stuff like that, like just is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and so like, do you know what, and I'm just trying to think of someone who's like, well, why would I cut out gluten if I kind of have these things, but I don't like, do oh. they have to cut it out completely or is like, it do they have celiac or do they have like, no, or no, just oh. a regular person. Cause if you have celiac, you know, you have to cut yeah. it out mm -hmm. versus like, and we talked about this off camera yeah. and this is kind yeah. of what I want to loop into where but does, we, if someone just has fatigue, should most part, yeah, like most of us should try to limit the amount of gluten that right eat. so i i think it's, it's just like staple. oh like yeah like what we were talking about like it doesn't need to be the staple in our our diet like i think that so many people rely on you know cereal for breakfast or toast and then they have a sandwich for lunch and then they have pasta for supper whereas like i think variety in our diet we can do that um i actually talked to some of my clients about you know, even if they're eating for one person, like pick a carbohydrate, pick a protein, pick some like really healthy produce each week, but just like three or four is fine to increase variety, but it can be like sweet potatoes, or it could be like spaghetti squash, or it could be like quinoa or wild rice or different things like that, that, you know, our, our body loves those whole food products. Yeah. Is it fine to have sourdough bread? Sometimes if you don't have to eat gluten-free, absolutely enjoy it. Like, please, for my sake, anyways, like, enjoy your food. Um, but if we're focusing as like 80% of our diet on, you know, fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and healthy fats, like avocados and, you know, olive oil, and, and we're cooking with, you know, really good quality, um, protein sources, then, and then we have a little bit on the side that most people don't have to go gluten-free unless they have a medical reason to do so. Um, but they might feel fatigued just because of the way they're eating, you know, just their eating pattern. So I think that that's a big thing in our society too. Like, oh, maybe I need to go gluten-free because I'm just like so tired, but like, maybe they just need to like focus on having like a really good like meal structure. Like, okay, I'm going to make sure I have a really good breakfast because I go for hikes all the time and I need to have it like, you know, <clears throat> maybe I'm going to have like oatmeal or sourdough and eggs or, you know, different things like that. And I'm going to make sure I have like a good quality protein source in the morning with my carbohydrates. And like, you know, I'm going to make sure I bring leftovers because that's easy for lunch. And I'm going to have like, you know, even if they have to grab a RX bar or something like that, if they don't have a snack, like they have the Oh my gosh. Have you had the peanut butter ones from oh, Costco? Yes, yes, oh my yes. gosh. They're like a meat more bar. Um, yes. you know, or like I have this really great oatmeal protein bar recipe on my website that people can grab for free. Um, and that's like a great afternoon snack or oatmeal and, um, or not sorry, oatmeal, like <clears throat> say for instance, they have that coconut yogurt with a little bit of, um, you know, 
collagen or a protein powder or something like that and some berries and some seeds and things like that, like a really good quality snack to keep them, you know, then have their, their dinner that then they're not relying on, okay, I'm going to have like a granola bar or a piece of toast for a snack. And then I already had a sandwich. And then, you know, those things individually are not bad. It's just when we rely on one main food source that that's, it just got so integrated into our diet. Yeah, that's, I love what you said just at the end. It got so integrated into our diet. And I think we didn't realize that. We didn't Absolutely. realize how much integration happened. Now, tell because I really like what you're talking more about really teaching people how to eat structured mm -hmm. meals, right? Mm -hmm. And then like allowing them to create um, works for them. a plan that works for them. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, how does that work with your kiddos? Because oh, I know like yeah. this, and how old are you kids again? So they're seven and five. So one's okay. just going into kindergarten, one's going into grade two. What? Uh, that's crazy. So Wild. because one of the things that I'll hear a lot is, well, my kid won't eat this. So we'll just end up making them something different for dinner. Oh, like we'll make okay. them, right? Pasta because mm -hmm. they're not eating this and that. And so there's this fear of um, starving your child, I guess. Oh, right. Okay. So, well, tell me, um, what, what is it like to, to do it with well, your kids? Like I couldn't, any my kids were born and I already had to be gluten-free. So mm -hmm. they didn't know any different. They like, I had to, like, at that point I was still having kind of almost hundred percent gluten-free household because we didn't know at that point until they had the, you know, the DNA, like how they can do those, like, um, yep, for sure. Yes. Now. Um, and so I just cook like, so basically, so when my kids were born, you know, I did the whole like, you know, pureed food and, you know, just, I just fed them what I was eating or what we had in the house. I mean, it actually probably made me have more variety. I'm like, okay, maybe I should get some pears and, you know, whatever I would do broccoli and pears, or I would do yams and applesauce or something like that. And then, you know, integrate. So if we had like, say for instance, ground beef for dinner or something like that, I would just like make it for us. And then I put that and maybe some like black beans and maybe some salsa once they got a little bit older. Um, and then, um, and then I just like have the, the cooked veggies and then I just, they just have that on their little tray or like now my kids are older. We eat breakfast. Yeah. My kids love oatmeal. I make this, um, cashew cream. Oh my gosh. It's like mm -hmm. mind blowing. It's like, you probably made it too. It's like the cashews and then you um, blend it with a little bit of maple syrup, some vanilla, maybe and and then you just You're like making everyone together. hungry <laughs> yeah and then and then I put it in their oatmeal and then they put like we put frozen blueberries in it um and they love it and Lucas actually my oldest he brings oatmeal to school sometimes and he, we put like sun um not like the sunflower seed butter um and I put like the frozen berries on the top so it kind of like goes down with a little bit of maple syrup and he loves that either as a snack or even a meal if I put like sometimes I'll yep. sneak some protein powder in there or whatever um and but that's so not just, what like, everyone else is doing so do you yeah. find that that's hard for them do they see yep. that do they no, because like I just make oatmeal for everybody like we just eat the same meal and then like say at lunch <clears throat> we probably will have leftovers or sometimes we get these like turkey pepperonis um yeah. and they'll have like some crackers like some whole grain crackers or something like that and then we'll just cut up like veggies and fruits and we all like that or I'll have leftovers and they'll have that um so sometimes I have to make them you know something different only because I want to have the leftovers or something like that but if there's enough leftovers like say we made gluten-free spaghetti or whatever the kids don't even notice like my husband even he just eats gluten-free because it's easier now um but uh and it's funny because 
fast forward like 15 years, he had to like stop eating it too because he was getting these major rashes. And so he stopped it, but for a completely different reason. And they're like, is that going to be hard for you to start eating gluten-free? He's like, no, no, it's no. not. No. <laughs> um, my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so like with my kids, so say for, yeah, lunch is just leftovers. So that's easier than making a lunch. If, if like, if I'm being honest, like I just, oh, for sure. Yeah. And then like when they uh, go out for like parties or this, oh, like, are they yeah. exposed to gluten? Are they okay oh, yeah. with it? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 So like, I slowly did that. Like when they were really young, I honestly was just like, it was probably my own stuff. Like I was nervous just because I had such health course, issues. Yeah that um you know like slowly you know we slowly expose them to it and one of them did really good and one of them I just have to be a little bit careful with um he gets like some rashes and things like that and so they both don't have celiac which is great um and so now we just monitor it we just make sure so say, like Lucas now like he had he we were at a barbecue yesterday and he had a a ham a hot dog with a white bun and then the next day he went to have the same thing. And he's like, mom, my stomach just doesn't feel right. Like, I just don't feel good. Can I just have what you normally make me? And I was like, yeah. okay. And like, don't get me wrong. Like when we go out, I've had to let go of a lot now that they're a little bit older because I want them to be exposed. I want them to, you know, enjoy these things and, and, you know, but we like make decisions for themselves, make right? the decisions make decisions. for themselves. And like, sometimes Lucas wants to have more pizza and sometimes he doesn't. And like, um, same thing now with Nolan. He went one time to Dairy Queen with a friend and was like, does that have cow's milk in it? And like, whatever, he just like advocating for himself because he just doesn't feel good with it. Like his tummy kind of hurts. Um, he can get away with it some It doesn't. Cheese. Dairy, Dairy Queen doesn't have, it's like the third ingredient or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, um, and so anyways, he like, they, they can do like cheese and, and some lactose free yogurt and stuff like that, which is great for sending to school because before, um, it was hard to get enough protein in them because they don't, they rely a lot on like seeds and stuff like that and nuts and different things that they can't bring to school. So yeah. And then, so like for dinner, we just make the same thing. But one thing I do do is if I'm introducing something new, um, so say for instance, my kids love these, um, it's this recipe I've been making for years. It's like, a, um, it's like a turkey veggie burger and it's got, um, curry and different things like that and they dip it into like this red pepper sauce like that I make with cashews and they just like love it so I always keep those kind of for me and for them for like shoot um I'm late I just pull them out of the freezer yeah and same thing for lunches oh crap I don't have anything or whatever so if I am and I learned this actually from a dietitian she the, the kids eat in color I really like her anyway so she um she she says like um, to introduce f new foods, like say if I'm, oh man, they haven't had fish before. If they don't like it, they don't like it. That's fine. But I'll like give them the option. Like, so I put some of that on their plate and then I'll put the, um, you know, there's something I know they like and is like comfort for them. So then they might try it. They might like it. They might not. Sometimes one of my kids will like it and some might, but they also still, it's not that I'm making a separate meal. It's something that like I already had prepared. I'm offering it at the same time, but we don't make separate meals in our house, except for if I'm making a taco wrap, I have these spelt wraps that my kids really, really like. Um, and so 
um, if I'm making taco, we have an option. So it's a, I basically make like a taco bar and I'll have my corn tortillas or my cassava, whatever. And then they get an option. What kind would they like it in a bowl? Cause we're already making it anyways. And that takes me no extra time. So there's still, we're still eating as a family. We're still eating the same thing. Um, but then they get an option of what kind of wrap they like. And they usually obviously go to the one that they, that they like better. So that's, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So yeah, I mean, I, what I'm hearing is like really yeah. introducing those things to your kids just yeah. like this is what I do so yeah. you're just gonna do it with me as opposed to yeah and this different yeah. thing yeah. And like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, you know, I get some of those gluten-free popsicles sometimes from Costco or we'll go out for lactose-free ice cream or, or something like that. Like, um, you know, but that's just like in our normal day of life, like, yeah, they'll have a, you know, when I send them to school, they'll have a packaged granola bar, like one of those made good granola bars or, you know, whatever those kind of things. Like, it's not like they don't have packaged food ever, or they, it's just not sure. the it's main, not staple. it's not a staple. It's like an adjunct to what they're already eating. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the really big difference. And what I was going to ask you is like, do you know, why there has been such a big uptake in gluten sensitivity like why are we all of a sudden it seems mm -hmm. like everybody's gluten sensitive right whereas before mm -hmm. if you were celiac or gluten sensitive and i kind of differentiate those two because it you know it's a big difference Do yeah you know why there's been such a big uptake well i've heard different things like the research is saying one thing and you know there's always talk on different things but yep. from what i understand and maybe you can jump in on this too is just the they've changed like the food quality has changed right and yeah. so people um like we don't see as much in Italy or you know all these other areas that you know I, I even went when I went to Italy I had no problems and I was eating Isn't that crazy yeah so like same thing with New Zealand like they don't they just like don't bring like they don't accept those kind of foods into their country right and I don't want to get too into that um because that's like probably a whole different subject for you know whatever but um you know we our, our food quality has changed and, and where they come from has changed it's not like we're going down to get you know like I'm very fortunate that one of my friends makes sourdough just like five minutes away and now she she's celiac so she makes um gluten-free sourdough or I order it from alchemy which is oh my gosh like it is amazing comes to my door but um like just our food quality has changed and also people are much more aware of it so they're getting tested they also understand the impact of nutrition on their body so they're you know recognizing I don't have to feel like garbage all the time that's not normal and they yes. see their other friends maybe like hey wait what are, what are they doing they seem like they have a lot of energy or hey you used to not have a lot of energy and you've changed something what's or going you on like lost 20 pounds in a week right you know, like what are you doing yeah. yeah so I think that you know environment um, food quality, um, awareness, like there's a lot, um, you know, there's a lot more people that are talking about these kind of things, um, openly and also in a, in a free environment, you know, like people need to know about these things, um, because sometimes these small changes can make such big, but they, but they have to go around loop-de-loop-de-loop-de-loop -loop through all these different things. And they, they spend so much money and then they, they kind of get frustrated. For sure. Yeah. I have a crazy, like celiac story. There's a, a, a patient who their kid just wouldn't go through puberty. Oh, and wow. he was like, you know, 13, 14, 15, like, and still in like a nine-year-old's body. Oh my gosh. Um, he had some other symptoms they did, but like not huge digestive distress. Yeah. Got tested, figured out he had celiac, cuts out gluten within a month, grows a foot and goes into puberty. And it was like, what? 
you right? know, like you, I yeah. never, I always think of, and I mean, I test now because a lot of the times uh, people, I find that people need to see it, you know, they need to see how it's impacting them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, okay, this, is, and then, and then when you do it, like I said, I had a guy lose 20 pounds and yeah, uh, absolutely. In less than a month because, and I'm like, that's not fat. That's just inflammation, right? That puffiness, that wateriness. And yeah. with Europe, it, I agree. It's like, it's crazy because you go to Europe and it's just, they don't, they don't have the same chemicals that we do. They don't allow those. They actually, their rules are like all chemicals are harmful unless proven otherwise. Whereas mm-hmm. in North America, it's different. It's the opposite. Unfor- mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's the opposite. Exactly. And it's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to kind of, this is why I have this podcast to like, let's open these eyes and let's see if, if you've been told that you have to go gluten-free, your world is not actually over. And like the no. last thing that I want to touch on until we, you know, as we wrap up, it's like sometimes going gluten-free can mean you're healthier. So oh. talk about some of those gluten-free products that oh, we think, God. well, I'm going gluten-free. That means I'm healthier. And yeah when that's actually not the, the, not the reality for most people. And you know, what's so interesting is I've actually seen people that have gone back on gluten and been healthier. You know what I mean? Like, because they were like wanting to be healthy, they didn't, you know, like we were talking about before, they didn't like just modify their dietary changes. They um, immediately were like, okay, I've heard on social media, right? Oh, gluten-free is healthier. Right. And um, then they, you know, they're buying the packaged pizzas and the, um, I don't want to add any labels here, but the gluten-free bagels or the, um, you know, all these things that are basically starches with no fiber, whereas at least wheat has fiber and, you know, um, sourdough bread is fermented and, you know, all of these different things. It's like, um, we're missing a lot of fiber. We're missing a lot of quality of our food and quality of our food. So, um, when, someone goes gluten-free that's why it's so essential to look at what they can eat that's just food instead of showing all the boxed options like it's okay to show them that they can get flaxseed in a package because that's just flaxseed or oats or things like that but it's like i'm gluten-free pasta right oh my gosh it's so good and chickpea pasta the red lentil pasta to increase the protein even that's one thing my kids love too sometimes I'll make, I mix brown rice pasta and the chickpea or the red lentil, then it bumps up the protein. So I can sometimes just put sauce on it and they may love it for like a, just a lunch idea. And it's quick too. Um, but yeah, like, you know, some of these packaged products are really advantageous and then other ones are basically like some of the gluten-free bread. Oh my gosh. It not only tastes gross, but it like has nothing other than starch. Yeah. And that's where people have that, like gluten-free equals cardboard and, and really bland and sand. Right. And then other people, um, you know, they eat more like the foods and they make this pestos and the sauces and, you know, kind of get into it. It doesn't necessarily have to take longer, but it just tastes a lot better. So I think it's just about, yeah finding that you can eat a lot of things that are just real food. And then, and then it's a lot more comforting too, because you're not like checking the packages, like, oh my gosh, is it gluten-free all that kind of stuff. So when you know it's a whole food, it's automatically going to be gluten-free unless it's a specific grain. And then, then you can find out the different sauces and things like that to like add to the culinary experience, which I also think and is most really sauces, right. Most sauces are gluten-free. Yeah. Right? And like there's most things are gluten-free. 
Yeah. And there's this amazing, amazing Costco just started carrying it and I could only get it at community and I could only get it at like through spud. And now there's like a giant jar of this like teriyaki sauce. It's by that, you know, the coconut aminos brand, like naked coconut. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love yes. that one. So like sometimes That's if good. we're like short on time, we'll just like take some frozen vegetables or some, you know, fresh veggies and saute some meat of any kind and throw them together and dinner's done. For right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me, tell me what your course entails. Like what oh. if, yeah. What is your course? Okay. If i am been told I need to eat gluten-free or I'm just okay. curious about eating gluten-free. Yeah. So it's 30 days and we're actually going to start it eventually as an evergreen as well. But right now we're going to be offering it every once in a while where I'm going to actually be meeting with everybody <clears throat> once a week. They get the, they get all the videos, they get all the materials. Like I kind of went a little bit crazy on the resources because I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't know. I think it's really important. And so basically I start from scratch. Like what can we, what can we eat? Um, I tell people like, how can we stock your pantry? How can we stock your fridge? Um, we talk about like a norm, like eating patterns. Um, how can we create so that you're feeling full and satisfied, like combining carbohydrates and fats and proteins and making yeah. sure there's a high fiber content to support their gut health. Obviously some people may not be in a great state if their gut is, you know, having some issues. So what the difference are between the fibers that they might be able to like handle some um, chia seeds like that have been soaked versus or, or flax seeds versus some harder fibers like celery or things like that and then like integrate into that um, but then I provide like meal plan examples very like simple um, but I give them a lot of options so and I say you know what you might only make two or three new recipes a week and that's okay. But for every, that's someone, a lot. That's a lot. right. Right. And then for someone else who just wants to follow a plan, they have it. But I was like, I might as well give you some extra recipes than less. And then you can pick what kind of feels good for you. And then each, each week I talk about like, you know, just try one or two and then use your staples. And then I talk about meal planning a lot because some people are cooking for a whole family. Some people are cooking for just them. And that's a big difference. And so when I used to go and get like meal plans, number one, I thought I didn't really love the taste of them they weren't foods that were easily accessible. And so I wanted to make things like easily accessible and also two different um, meal prep styles. So I give um, a lot of recommendations and then I talk about making it your own. So talking about like, it's like a grocery store, you don't have to take it all, but like take an hour and a half each weekend and find your meal prep style and then talking yes. about individualizing it to your own. And I like talk about like listening to a podcast like yours or like, you know, putting, you know, like listening to some music, getting into the kitchen and having fun, bring your kids in, like yes. teach them about food, like different things like I that. I love what you said, find your meal prep style, because I yes. think we all think of like, oh, oh I know God. I have to do this meal prep on no. Sunday and I have to do like we no. recently changed it up and like we do it first thing in the morning on Sunday yeah. now yeah. and then Done. a little bit on Wednesday. That's and exactly we what we do. To, right. <laughs> but we didn't used to do that. And mm-hmm. it's, we both like sat down and talked about it. It's like, what would work for a family? So we feel like we can relax on the weekend. And right? it's like, we're just going to make some potatoes over here and we're going to make some veg over here. Yeah. And you're going to grill while I do this. Yeah. And then it's like, then you, it feels so good to have food in the fridge. So I love sure. what you said. Like, I just wanted to, it's like, we all have a style and it is about finding your style. It is because like some people, like they want to do just an hour because if, if someone is single and they, so much done in an hour though, people think so an hour done. is, but you can scroll for an hour. 
or mm-hmm. you can make potatoes, veggie, and a protein. Absolutely. And you can probably put in muffins. Yeah. Or like sometimes yeah. on Saturday night or one of the nights of the weekend, I just like yeah. make a meal, but I make like just more and I put it in a crock pot. And then the next, like when I, same thing, like we do the almost identical thing. And then on Wednesday, I'm more likely to like make some like, I don't know, protein bars or like cut up some fruit or something like that. Cause I don't really want to be doing too much during yeah. the week. So I'm a lot more likely to do that. So we really go into that and we talk about like, you know, picking, you know, and then I also talk about how to combine meals. So I go into servings, I go into um, how to set up your plate. I talk about all of that different things. And then like having a, and then having a little fun with it, like 20% of it, like what, where can we find a delicious recipe for banana bread? Or where can we find some of these things that we really want? Um, And how do we integrate that into like a really healthy, wholesome diet that's individualized? Because healthy means so many different things to so many different people. So I think that that's really important to touch on um, is that like, take what you want from this course and you can really individualize it. But I really give guidelines. Like if someone wants to like do all these fancy meals, that's fine. But if someone is like, I'm going to pick three proteins, three veg, a few produce and some snacks and some treats, that's it. Here's your meal plan go. Like, and then someone else is like, I want a full meal plan with all the recipes and blah, blah, blah. here you go and go like, you know what I mean? Or combine the two and make it your own. And then we talk about our relationship with food. We talk about gluten-free baking. I talk a lot about the flowers, how we can use them. If someone is more like, has to be a little more grain-free, if someone has to eat this way, like what flowers to use and what ones to lean on, what ones I completely don't even, because almost like if you have too many choices, like when you go into course, you're paralyzed. Oh my God, there's like 8,000 fibers. I'm like, forget about that one. Forget about this one. Use this one. This one's really useful. And how do they combine well together? What are good blends? What are different things like that? And how do they work like that's you what 10 to... years of trial and error does though yeah, right right yeah. yeah and then I give them a, a like a little little extra like a little ebook for baking and, and things like that so lots of extras lots of resources um and then basically talk about how to make it and then at the very end like how do we make this realistic I set them up with a binder so I tell them how to make a binder and like basically you pick at the front so like I have a binder for myself and um I put in you are talking to all the planners out there right now yeah and like so basically I have like all my breakfast my favorite breakfast my favorite like lunch so like I don't have to think about it I don't even want to think about it like when I go to make my meal I'm like that one that one that one that one and then I teach them how to make their own meal plan because I'm like okay like okay all you got to do is like cycle your proteins a little bit and then add a little like variety. This way. It doesn't have to be like when people think, oh my God, I have to have variety in my diet. They're like, but like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like have like one or two different vegetables than you had last week. And then have yes. pick like one or two different fruits. Yeah. That's than you had the last it's week. funny because we think variety. variety and you're like, no, I have to eat all these. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just means you can't have broccoli every single day for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah. Like, like have a cauliflower yeah. and then yeah. like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. Make some kale Amazing. chips. Make, you know, I like, yeah. like roast beets. like I get spiralized beets and I just like, I, like, that's like one of my like fast foods and I like get already pre-spiralized beets and I throw them on a pan and I drizzle them with olive oil, sea salt, and I just bake them. And then I'll like, you know, you know, have some like a green salad and then just my protein and my carbohydrate and then like dinner's done. So, so yeah. we're going to put all that in the show notes, but tell people where they can find you. How can oh. they get more information? And uh, we'll put the mm-hmm. registration link and everything in the okay. show notes, but just so 
if they're listening, they're like, I like this girl, where do I find her? <laughs> uh, so Instagram, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I'm not as much on Facebook, but things do come up. So I'm at juliewalton.health on Instagram. And then my website is www.juliewalton.ca. That's awesome. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. I am really excited, like I said, to partner up and to continue to work with you. Um, because we need this, we need the, to help people go gluten-free without it being uh, a panic attack and right? still yeah. enjoy their foods. Yeah. Thank you so families. much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I can't believe an hour just like flew by. I could talk Goodbye, about yes. forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. It. So we'll, we'll do uh we'll do a part, a part two um, to cover any questions that people have, but I love what you said about it has to work for your family. Mm -hmm. Don't do it alone. Don't no. like oh, mom is doing this. So nobody else, like I'll eat uh -uh. salad by myself and you eat, you know, pasta and whatever, and really integrating it into the family. Mm -hmm. I love that because yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of limits people a lot, right? They're like, Oh, no. Then it makes it harder. It's like another barrier. Right. Whereas if you're like, okay, all I have to do is like grill some meat. I just, I'm going to make some rice and then I'm going to you know, I'm going to make a vegetable or, or just a side salad. You know what I mean? Whatever, and like yeah. in the, in the, um, sometimes like one of my favorite meals from some of my clients, they say is the easiest one that they take. They find like a really nice, like a chicken sausage or something like that from like a butcher. And they literally roast that they roast, um, broccoli or whatever kind of vegetable. And then they pick yams or, um, quinoa or whatever their grain or carbohydrate source. And they just like put it together. Sometimes they put a sauce or sometimes it's just salt and pepper. And they like, love it because it took no time. They're like sitting, having, you know, talking to their partner and they're having this really, if people, they don't make it. Um, I think that when we look at social media, um, like for me to take a picture of what I do and I don't even do like, there's like food photographers out there, but I mean, like it's staged, like, let's be really real. It's on a mat. I took a yes. picture. I go above. There's a light. Like it doesn't look like that in real life. I don't eat fancy meals every night. I got two kids. Do yeah. I like my food to taste good? A hundred percent. Yeah. But, but does that have to look not good? Real life. No, yeah. no, absolutely but, not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, thank you so much, you guys. I hope you check out uh, it's juliewalton.ca and at juliewalton. Give her a follow. And, you know, ask us some questions. We'd love to bring her back on and answer any of those questions. Thanks so much, Julie. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Shane. Okay. Bye.